All right, I'd like to welcome everybody to Debbie Owner's Manual. This is episode 11, your source of knowledge of Debbie strategy and Debbie players in the fantasy football landscape. Before we get started, I'll send a special thank you out to Chris Allen at Chris Allen FFWX and Adam Wildy at AP Wildy of the Dynasty Owners Manual for having us on their podcast network. This week, we're going to have a special guest. Our normal co-host, Andrew, is going to join us here in a few minutes, but right now I'm going to introduce our special guest. You may know him from his writings on DLF or as one of the voices of the new Dynasty Command Center. This man is all over and somebody I can immensely trust when it comes to college football scouting. Travis? How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm just glad to join you and talk some Debbie. And any chance I get to talk Debbie, and uh, I'm, I'm always down because I know not every podcast really wants to mention it. Some people are scared of Debbie. You know, it's like what it, what is Debbie? Uh, even you know, even you know, friends of mine who've played for years, developmental leagues. What what does that mean? So, any chance I get to talk about this stuff, I'm I'm ready to dive in. And uh, I, I remember you know you interacting with I think probably our first few episodes. I remember talking chatting with you and Justin years ago now uh, about uh, I think we probably were introducing Debbie leagues and and uh, just uh, yeah to, to have you know your own podcast now it's awesome to get to chat with you here yeah I think it was like your fifth or sixth episode it was pretty early because you had like that's where I also met John Bosch in the power hungry league and all that and yeah it was pretty early on and then I was like Debbie what the heck is Debbie and I remember getting off the out of the podcast there out of the car and looking it up online and like holy smokes this is amazing so yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I had never heard of such a thing and i would played fantasy football since the mid 90s that was crazy yeah, man. all right so real quick we're gonna dive in we have some news and notes today today was national signing day uh there was a big one offensively jerry and ely he ended up choosing old miss surprisingly i kind of was a little out of left field on that one he is a five-star running back, the number three running back this year, but he's also got that little hint of possibly going to baseball. He's a pretty good outfielder from what I hear, so there's always that kind of lingering in the background that he's going to be drafted really high, a la Kyler Murray. Do you have any thoughts on Jerry and Ely? Yeah, I really liked him. I actually, like a lot of people, thought he was going to end up with Clemson, uh, but I would imagine you know, how good Travis Etienne is right now, and he may not think that, oh, I'm, I'm going to show up and be the star and so he may have actually made the right decision and uh going to a place where he can contribute right away uh even though you know Ole Miss is not exactly known for providing the NFL with a lot of top tier talent at the running back position I think you have to say look that's a great opportunity it just sent their entire receiving core to the NFL basically uh this could be my offense and I'm sure that was the pitch if he's if he's going to be plugged in there right away I like that landing spot a lot, a lot for for his opportunity uh, to instantly prove that he's uh, uh, he's well, well well worthy of being a household name. Right? Yeah, he's a uh, his tape from high school is pretty amazing. He's a pretty electric guy. Another kind of a flip on the last minute today. George Pickens flipped to Georgia from Auburn. He's a five star number four wide receiver that will give Georgia the number four and number five with wide receivers in this class. So you got to love that for. 
Jake Fromm and the SEC, man. Wow. <laughs> they yeah. just keep loading I mean, and loading and loading. It is, it is ridiculous. I mean, I was just talking about it a little bit today, but they had, I think it was around, around maybe 530. I don't know if there's anything I missed, but around maybe 530 today, uh, they had seven of the top 12 recruiting classes for, you know, seven of the teams, top 12 recruiting classes in the country. I mean, they had like 10 or 11 or something in the top 25. It was just absurd. Like, I mean, the only team that's not way up there is Vanderbilt, like I think 56th or something overall because they're just they're Vanderbilt. And and I'm a sad season ticket holder. And then whatever, I'll I'll go and see and Georgia kill them and LSU kill them this year. So that that'll be fun. Yeah, even Tennessee ended up getting in the mix there. They ended up like you just said. Yeah. They, there's now 11 of the top 25 or SEC. Uh, Tennessee ended up getting a good out, outside linebacker. Like I had to look up how he pronounced his name, but it's Henry. Toa Toa, I believe, is what he said, how they pronounced yeah. it. And they got one of the top offensive tackles today, Darnell Wright. So even Tennessee is getting in on the mix. That's crazy, man. So Yeah, man. Everybody but Vandy, huh? Yeah, basically. I don't think they had a single uh, four-star recruit, and that's just kind of how they roll. Um, and, you know, they, I am going to talk about some Vandy players that are actually good right now, who all all of them will most definitely be – leaving and heading to the pros next year, but they're also probably available in your Debbie league. So could be later, later finds, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's dive right into that. Cause that's what uh, right now the Super Bowl is over and now it's time to turn our attention to Debbie drafts as well as scouting for the rookie draft right now. All the podcasts are talking about the rookies, but most leagues I'm in have Debbie drafts of the next couple weeks here, the pigs leagues and I think new Hollywood's got one coming up here pretty quick too. So I want to focus on the Debbie draft and players that you should be targeting going into your Debbie drafts. Um, I pulled the rankings from DLF, and we're going to spend not much time on the guys that are likely owned. Instead, we'll be focusing on the guys that are not owned and the ones you should be targeting. Uh, first up, we'll go through the quarterbacks. I know you had some thoughts on that. So let me see. The big names at quarterback, obviously, are, Je- are your Trevor Lawrence, Tua, Justin Herbert, Jake Fromm, Justin Fields, JT Daniels. Those guys are most likely taken. Jesse, she had mentioned in the show notes that Justin Fields might not. And that is, so what are some names beyond those top six or seven there that you're targeting? Because those guys are most likely gone. So. I think uh, a couple of names that immediately come to mind for me that, that definitely should be way up there on your radar are Brock Purdy, uh, who's a little bit undersized, but had a, a fantastic season when he was given the reins uh, for Iowa State. Freshman, he had like 66% completion rating. I think he had like his, his adjusted numbers are exactly what you want to see. Over 10 yards adjusted completion. Uh, and, and really, he didn't throw a bunch of touchdowns, but that's not – that's not uh, they're not like an incredibly high volume offense. He only threw the ball 220 times this year. But I really like Brock Purdy. I think he does everything that you want to see a quarterback do uh, incredibly well. And so, yeah, uh, he obviously had some pretty good weapons to throw to. And, uh, you know, you got uh, Hakeem Butler specifically. And then having a running back into David Montgomery makes your job a little bit easier. But I, I think he, if you are in super flex leagues, especially, he's a name I'm really interested in. And then Adrian Martinez for Nebraska. I think another guy, I mean, basically no one comes into Nebraska and starts as a freshman. Really the, the first true freshman to come in and just own the starting job. Obviously, he was completing a lot of shorter passes uh, this year. You know, really love to find J.D. Spielman. 
in in the underneath areas of the field, but really, you know, took his deep shots and and, and found some success there too. So Brock Purdy and Adrian Martinez are almost definitely on the table, uh, and you know, they're they're guys that I believe do project well for the pros. The next couple of years for Purdy will be really critical losing Butler and Montgomery. So we'll I think next year we'll really see what he's made of. And I fully expect him to thrive there. I'm sure they'll reload. Um, Adrian Martinez, I saw him a lot because I live in Big Ten country. So I got to see him. He didn't do great things against Michigan State, but he definitely played better. He's just fun to watch. He's He's definitely got a lot of tools that make you kind of wonder, you know, what else is there? And I hope they surround him with some more talent. Um, another name that might go into the radar. I mean, these are some young guys. Now, if you're going to look at the guys newer, like you've heard the name Spencer Rattler. He's he's coming into Oklahoma. He'll sit behind Hertz this year most likely. But after that, he's going to be probably the next big quarterback at Oklahoma. He's a good – if you're going deeper, it's a younger guy that I'm sure is out there because it's his first year able to be drafted in Debbie drafts. And another name that I really like, another young guy, is Graham Mertz going into Wisconsin. Six foot three, two hundred five. He ended up throwing for five touchdowns in the All American game, wow. and he just lo- he looks like the real deal. And Wisconsin yeah. hasn't had a quarterback for as long as I can remember, so should be interesting to see what he does in that system. Yes, and another young guy, Bo Nix, I think for Auburn. I really like his opportunity. Uh, he, you know, they always have some solid weapons uh, to throw to, and if they can protect him, I, I think he's got a, a great shot at finding uh, some early success. Uh, there as well and I, I really like his especially Seth Williams throwing in that direction he's probably going to have some success he did you know they did lose some players this year and and Ryan Davis uh, Darius Slayton decided to go as well uh, but you know they still have a, the speedy Anthony Schwartz who just finds a way to to add yards after the catch and of course Seth Williams so I, I like the weapons there for Bo Nix to hit the ground running for Auburn great and a couple other guys Ian Book from Notre Dame is Got all the talent, and, and he's in the system, kind of a pro-style offense. He had some up and downs this year, obviously. Um, another name that you'll probably hear, and Andrew loves this guy, Sam Ellinger from Texas. I don't project him as much of a NFL type. He's got a lot of a lot of issues with like his throwing motion and things like that. But, I mean, if you're in a Debbie draft and you've got a super flex and it gets pretty deep, it's he's worth a flyer as well. He's put up some video game-type numbers at Texas there. Yeah, I actually like him. I like uh, his ability to to run as well and just create. and just He's he's a really fun player to watch and really uh, commanded that that game that, that against uh, Oklahoma. I mean, that, that was kind of disappointing. The outcome uh, well, depends on who you are, I guess, and who, who you're a fan of. But he really did kind of show out, and I think he's – he may not project to be a starter in the pros per se, but uh, I think he has a home in the NFL uh, somehow, some way. Yeah, he's definitely throwing to some some really quality wide receivers there. That definitely helps quite a bit. Yeah, yeah that's true. Whew, man. All right, we'll dive into the running backs next. This is kind of the meat and potatoes is what I call them. Uh, we'll run through some of the top names that are most likely going to be selected. Names like DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins. A.J. Dillon might be out there, but the first name that come up on my list that I really, really thought is probably your best shot if these guys are all taken is a guy from Arizona State. Travis, you want to talk about him a little bit? Yeah, so, you know, Benjamin, I mean, he was a guy who was way under the radar because he, you know, he basically didn't do much of anything at all. He uh, was freshman year for Arizona State because he had actually been injured. I can't remember how close it was to the season. It was It was less than a year away that he had a significant injury 
think it was actually in uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was the army game I, it, was, it was some kind of like high school kind of like all-star game he actually hurt himself and and really wasn't all there for sp the spring aspect of, of everything and and so really couldn't re feature and then they, they really still had of course Kalen Bellage uh, in the mix uh, just in what, 2017. So this year when he had his chance to feature, he carried the ball 300 times for over 1,600 yards and uh, had a, a over 30 receptions, just shy of 2,000 yards from scrimmage and in 20 touchdowns or so. Uh, so really love, you know, Benjamin. He's slightly undersized, but he doesn't play like it. He adds yards after the, the, the you know, contact and really his contact balance is just impressive. But uh, what he brings as a receiver, I think, is going to help him to be the perfect modern NFL running back uh, here before we know it. Right. You got to love a guy that has that type of production and then also catches passes on the side. And all this time while sharing the field with Nikhil Harry, who's thought to be the top one of the top wide receiver prospects. And, you know, they have an okay quarterback there. But yeah. <laughs> just when I, every time I pop on that, that game to watch Nikhil, I'd be like, dang. And Eno just run, man. He just he only averaged five and a half yards a carry, but it it and that offense was kind of you know it was like Nikhil Harry and him, and they would just focus on you guys could like bracket Nikhil, and then they would focus on him. So he definitely didn't have like the greatest avenue of success there, but man, he just looks so good. He never ever took a loss. I really like watching him play. Is there any other names that really popped out here on these guys that you know outside of the top seven or eight? Uh, for sure. I think uh, I, I can't remember where I saw it here recently, but uh, something uh, out of the past several, several years or so, basically like one out of every two five-star player that goes in place for Alabama is eventually a first round draft pick. And really there've been some just near misses, you know, like, uh, you know, like Derrick Henry and some other players that just were outside of first round, but they almost all if, uh, go pro. If you're a five-star, you go play for Alabama really good shot at being drafted and being drafted early. So Trey Sanders uh, for Alabama, the freshman running back, I think he has a real opportunity to really make an impact early on, you know, with the departure of Damian Harris, Josh Jacobs that everybody loves this year. Uh, he, you know, they have Najee Harris, they have Brian Robinson, uh, but really Trey Sanders, I think he'd come in and immediately be at least the second best running back on that roster. If not the best running back on the roster by the time you know it gets to uh college football playoff time anyway so i think he's a name that if you're going to thrust any freshman of any position into early round consideration it would be trey sanders for me all right man i absolutely love 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 the next name you have on your list it's a name that i guarantee most people have not heard of and they should that's for sure a little guy from oregon state yeah, I think uh, Oregon State. When you say Oregon State and uh, Devi prospect, you don't automatically get giddy uh, because it's not like they have given us a ton of uh, players to get excited about here in the past few years. But uh, what he's been able to do just this past season, uh, really on a really horrible team. I mean, Oregon State is not really ever, you know, just a, a constantly competitive, amazing team. But the two and ten bad offense, bad defense mess of an offense and this guy has you know a couple games over 230 yards uh 250 more 254 yards against arizona state who had you know benjamin i think they both went off that game actually but to, as a true freshman having seven games up over 100 yards 
uh, you know, and really just dominating uh, on the ground and, and adding a little bit of value through the air, you know, 25 passes caught by him. It's not crazy numbers, but he's got, <clears throat> he's got at least adequate size. And I think he's still growing. So if he adds a little bit more weight and doesn't lose much speed, I think he could have some crazy, crazy seasons upcoming. He already had, you know, 1500 plus yards from scrimmage. I think he, he could be in for one of those seasons where he gets close to 2000 yards from scrimmage and on a bad team. I'm just super impressed by what he was able to do. Uh, he looks like he's got a pretty balanced skill set. I, I wonder about his elite athleticism, uh, if that's there, but uh, really checks most boxes for me. Right, another guy that I really like this year is freshman. He was a freshman this year also was Anthony McFarland from Maryland. He got a lot of hype that game when he went to Ohio State. Gosh, what did he have, 290 yards or some crazy thing like that? I was trying to look yeah. at it. I mean, yeah. His, his price went through the roof in one game, man. Yeah, man, it did. What's weird about Maryland is they don't throw the ball to their running backs uh, like at all. Uh, and, and so it, seeing a guy that's that small that has almost – no receiving experience is a little bit of a worry for me, but he's he's just an absolutely electric player that I, I love to watch play the game. So he's got crazy speed. If he can show that he ha he can have receiving chops as well, uh, he's a name to to keep on your radar for sure. And another freshman who didn't get to play this year is Zamir White from Georgia. He might have fallen off some radar of some people. He was the top rated running back coming into the class last year the top like incoming freshman then he tore his ACL he's six foot one two twenty and he runs like a mad angry man but he's mm -hmm. extremely quick and he's one that may if if you didn't get him last year you know if he did he made it through the debbie cracks last year you might be able to pick him off pretty easy this year if nobody's paying attention so i would definitely look at that name as well you have a couple more for us travis yeah i think i mean that's that's a great name to add into this mix too but i think uh, kennedy brooks i mean everyone was high on trey sermon uh, for Oklahoma, but he was never really himself this year at times, not 100% healthy. Uh, and Kennedy Brooks put up uh, about a thousand yards on the ground and averaged almost nine yards per carry, which is just absolutely absurd to do for a power five school. So um, I think Kennedy Brooks could be the play that, uh, that well, more people should see coming, but I think a lot of people won't. So they'll probably let him drop because they still want to believe in in Trey Sermon's impressive, impressive freshman season and thinking that he's going to bounce back. But I think it could be a situation where they both have NFL viability, but Kennedy Brooks just ends up being the cheaper option. So uh, that's really intriguing uh, for me. But then also another guy who was incredibly effective against some top competition is, uh, you know, none other than uh, Vanderbilt's only <laughs> uh, best running back in Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, he had, you know, like 1,200-plus yards, almost eight yards per carry against SEC defenses. And really, Vanderbilt, I mean, they were they were better than a lot of t people gave them credit for this year. But they, they were definitely inconsistent. And and obviously, they're, they just they can't get the recruits. We already talked about that. So the offensive line that he's he's got blocking for him is never going to be just, you know, a top-end type situation. So the fact that he came in and had the level of success that he was able to is incredible. And I think he's going to do it one more year. And I think he's going to, even in a, a deep running back class, I think he could see some draft capital attached to his name uh, next year. But that's probably a you know a much later pick. A lot of people are, are not going to be excited about a Vanderbilt running back. 
Yeah, he's one that you'd easily be able to get to. Like if you're, you know, you're running out of money toward the end of the auction, you have a couple spots left over. Why not? You know, there's a guy like that. It seems to be the situation I'm always in. I always run out of money and <laughs> kind of have to take yeah. a flyer at these guys like this at the end there. So yeah. we're gonna dive into wide receivers though. It's, I was kind of surprised. The landscape in wide receivers definitely seems to change more, and guys come on the scene a lot more. Like in this Debbie rankings on DLF, they had Lavisca Chenault as number one and Rondale Moore at three. And I went through four different leagues, and they were unowned in all four leagues. I was like, "Wow, they really came out of nowhere last year." So um, I know yeah. one of those guys is really close to home for you. Can you d- tell us a little more about Rondale? I know you've done quite a bit of research on him. Yeah, so Rondale Moore is is every bit. Uh, ex- as exciting as, as as we believe he is. I mean, he just won the Paul Hornung Award this this past year for being the, what they claim to be, you know, the most versatile player in college football. Uh, recent uh, recipients of that award include Christian McCaffrey, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Jabril Peppers, uh, and and the past five winners of that award went on to be first round NFL draft selections. And I think in today's uh, NFL, uh, I think you look at uh, his skill set and his ability to create separation and make people miss. Uh, I don't really care that he's a little bit undersized like I would maybe five years ago. He's 5'9", probably 180 or so, but uh, he does it all. And uh, he rushes the ball. He he gets open as a, as a true freshman. If you're catching 114 balls for over 1,200 yards and like 12 scores, as a true freshman, that's that's insane. So I, I can't wait to see what he does in his follow-up efforts uh, this year. He'll have a little bit more company with uh, some uh, higher recruits coming in, a couple four-star wide receivers, uh, top 300 overall players joining him. But I think he's still going to see a ridiculous market share that you want to see. And I think he's going to test out as a freak athlete. He was, he was squatting like 600 pounds before he even got to – you got to play a, a down in college football. So uh, I think he's every every bit of, a, of what we think he is and more uh, for Rondale Moore. <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely amazing. I actually reached out to him this week to see if I could get him on the show for a few minutes. And I haven't done that before, so apparently i got to work on that. But either that or he's like, who is this freak? Um, <laughs> he's just – yeah, he's so much fun to watch. He kind of – like I've, with the recruiting, what they've got coming in, I know you're a Boilermaker fan – um, mm-hmm. I like, I like that. I mean, I like that. I want to see him get back to the way their offense used to be when Drew Brees was at the helm and they used to just yeah. air it out. And they used to be a lot, it used to be a lot of fun and a very dangerous team every year. And they, they were a lot more dangerous this year than they have been in the past though. So. Oh yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah. It's fun to see. And then like I glazed over the number one name, LaVisca Chanel is a guy I absolutely love. I think Andrew and I did a mock a couple of episodes ago and I took him, I think he went second or third amongst us. And he's a guy that you just, you watch on tape and you watch him in the game and he plays out in the Pac-12. Anyways, so he doesn't see the greatest defenses in the world, but man, he just made, he looks like a man playing amongst the boys, the way he creates separation. He's so quick. He ended up catching 86 for 1000 this year, only six touchdowns, but Colorado is not as good as they used to be either. And I think that since he played nine games, but I swear he missed like most of several games. I think that was mostly in like six or seven games. And he is uh, so much fun to watch. The guy I'm really, really high on. And he would, I think if I had a Debbie draft and I had the first pick, you know, amongst who's he's probably one of them that I would consider. Yeah. Uh, in a Debbie depleted Debbie draft, you know. Yeah, he's right gonna now. go 
way high in every league this year. Uh, so he's going to be virtually unattainable unless you have like a top two, three pick. You know, maybe you're starting up and doing a Debbie. He might not be that high, but even even so, right. he might be just because yeah, of that. Top 10, maybe. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's amazing. Um, a couple other guys in the top 10, Jerry Judy most likely owns, C.D. Lamb, Brian Edwards, Justin Ross. See, maybe out there. He kind of sort of burst onto the scene this year. Um, but he, if he was highly recruited last year, it's possible he's out there. And another name that you liked here, guy from Minnesota, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson, I think a lot of people were just unsure. It's just Minnesota wide receivers. I mean, you had Eric Decker, uh, but a bunch of uh, there hasn't been a bunch of recent players come out of there. So I think that uh, there, there was just some people hesitant to just believe, oh, that dominator rating, we should just apply that. So, yeah, that's going to pan out. I really liked him. If he would have come out this year, he would have been a first-round rookie pick for me and, uh, you know, in your normal dynasty leagues. Uh, and so he might actually be available somewhere, but he's going to obviously go super early as well. Justin Ross, though, I think, you know, you, you have players like Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, every year, the five-star wide receivers that are always taken by somebody in your Debbie League. But the four-stars, you know, there's so much disagreement. And Justin Ross wasn't uh, the top, absolute top of recruiting rankings. He was he was highly recruited. It's wide receiver university. But but I think um, he may be available in a lot of spots still. And and he didn't just have exactly 1,000 yards as a true freshman. So that's that's – you love to see that. And he is actually looking potentially – like he's better than his teammate T Higgins. Uh, and if that's the case, then uh, there might be some real NFL draft stock in that kid's future. So I'm excited about Justin Ross and I'm, I'm drafting him early everywhere. I think even in a startup, he's got to be a top 15 player uh, for a lot of people right now. Right. Just his hands and his, his sideline presence is unreal. Like um, I wanted to go back real quick on Tyler Johnson. Most people don't realize that Minnesota, like you said, is not known for, Hotbed, but they do have PJ Fleck, who was the quarter, who was the coach there when Corey Davis was at Western Michigan. Definitely knows how to highlight a wide receiver. So, actually, see a lot of similarity in their games, even. But I was, I was really shocked he didn't come out this year. I didn't see any reason why he would go back to Minnesota. That was kind of yeah. a, an odd one, I thought. But yeah, is there a couple other names that caught your name, uh, caught your eye on this list? I saw one yeah. guy from Vanderbilt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and I am, and I'll just put it out there. I, I've had season tickets for Vanderbilt before, and I'm having them again this year. And so I will mention guys from Vanderbilt from time to time that deserve it. Uh, and there's not very often people that do deserve it. But I think Elijah Lipscomb, he hit the thresholds that you want to see for his, for his you know, breakout season uh, in 2017 as a sophomore. Uh, he had a really good season this year, you know, had a, almost 90 catches, almost a thousand yards, almost 10 touchdowns, really, really impressive season overall uh, on just a mediocre meh, offense. Uh, but they actually have a really solid core with Keyshawn Vaughn, Kalai Dolipscomb and Jared Pinkney. Uh, I think all of them seriously will probably be drafted inside the fifth round uh, next year. So I think Kalai Dolipscomb is going to be a name that, that he probably does have over a thousand yards this year. He probably does have over ten touchdowns this year, and uh, he's going to be a late riser for some people. Uh, but I've liked him for a few years now because he's the one player that every time they have a, a really tough team come in, he's the one player still creating separation against the Alabamas, against the Georgias, uh, and so he he can win on his own. Even though he's not a huge guy, uh, he he can he can really do it and separate. I think he's a a better athlete than. His uh, recruiting profile may have uh, may, may have showed, but 
Uh, I know a lot of people might not have a lot of comments on Kalijah Lipscomb or even know who that is, but he's another one of those last second picks, you know, last pick in your draft type players that no one's going to take. But uh, Tylen Wallace for Oklahoma State, I think, is going to continue to rise. And J.D. Spielman for Nebraska, I think they're going to con- both continue to rise and, and really fill out the 2020 NFL draft class for wide receivers. Uh, we think 2019 is great, but I think 2020 is going to be great if a, a bunch of these guys do come out. And Tylen Wallace was actually another highly recruited guy, but immediately forgotten after he kind of had a next-to-nothing type season uh, for his freshman year. But with James Washington leaving, you know, last year, somebody had to take over those targets. And that's what Tylen Wallace did for Oklahoma State. And I think he's going to continue doing it again. He had almost 1,500 yards. And, and so that, that kind of season cannot be ignored in college. Obviously, they're a high-flying offense. But I'd like to see him, uh, you know, I'd like to see him, you know, do that again, maybe even a better year. J.D. Spielman with no Stanley Morgan Jr. for Nebraska and having Adrian Martinez, who we mentioned earlier, throwing him the ball. He should be the primary guy. He should easily have over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns, even though he is kind of smaller, 5'9", 180, 190 type guy. I think uh, he plays with some explosion uh, and can win deep, can win short, and make you miss. I love his game. So those are guys that I'm definitely targeting in all of my Debbie drafts. I thought you mentioned Tyler Vaughn's before. Are you still as high on him as you were? I saw you did a like a film study of him a little while back, and yeah, I think he's he's amazing at a few things, um, and I think uh, he's uh, he's already I think he's already he's almost twenty two. So he'll he'll be I guess when he plays when he enters the NFL he'll be twenty three, and uh, so he's he should have things figured out by now. I think his his final season is going to be incredibly incredibly important. I'm not as high as I was, but his sideline game is uh, next to almost no one in uh, college football. So if he can figure out uh, the uh, stuff over the middle and diversify his route tree a little bit, I th- I'm really going to like him as well. But I'm not uh, going out of my way to draft him, and he's actually drafted in most of my leagues anyway. Right. A couple names that I, I noticed that are incoming freshmen that will you want to keep your eye on. One is Jaden Hasselwood going to Oklahoma. He's a monster coming out of six foot two, 196. And you just, I haven't seen a lot of his high school tape, but what I've read about him and stuff is just that he's like the next big thing. Like he's really going to light it up there in Oklahoma. And another couple names, uh, incoming guys that really caught my eye. George, we talked about George Pickens earlier and Theo Weiss for Oklahoma as well. Wow. Oklahoma, man. That's two big old guys on the outside. And then um, Frank Ladson at, Clemson as well. He's a name to keep your eye on, especially uh, Clemson just keeps turning about, man. So you gotta you gotta love what they're doing down there. So there's a couple names that are you know fresh on their radar. You want to keep your eye on those in the draft coming up here soon. I guess we'll go into tight ends. Obviously, Albert O coming back is the biggest name available, and I would assume he's probably gone in every one of your leagues. Um, so is there any other, uh, same as Hunter Bryant? Sorry, he's most likely gone as well. So beyond that, it gets it gets pretty pretty thin pretty quick as far as guys that are most likely drafted we lost a lot of them this year i think guys that were debbie prospects i think a lot of them entered the nfl this year so there's some names that other than jared pinkney that really caught your eye for tight ends yeah i mean the the tight ends really were just vultured by the nfl draft this year for college football there were a bunch of good guys that uh, put up some crazy stupid stats this, this last year so, uh, yeah, the, the pickings are slim a little bit for tight end now, but Colby Parkinson, 
Stanford, all they do is send tight ends to the NFL. And he uh, had a pretty good sophomore breakout uh, with 29. It doesn't, you know, it, it, I need to frame this. If you don't pay attention to tight end production for college, it's normally pretty gross. It's like embarrassingly bad uh, for the most part. And a lot of these guys pan out anyway, but 29 catches for 485 yards and seven scores. That's an incredible sophomore season for a tight end. And really that's an incredible senior season for a tight end in most offenses. And as much as, Stanford doesn't throw the ball a ton. Kobe Parkinson at six seven. I think he 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 brings enough side that a lot of players might not. Uh, Brevin Jordan for Miami is another guy I'm, I'm super excited about. He has you know kind of another small sample size of production, but I think he's uh, a plus athlete. Uh, and uh, Grant Calcaterra, I think some people drafted him just thinking he was going to plug in and be next, the next Mark Andrews for Oklahoma, and he might be that this year. I think it, with uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown being gone, uh, the target distribution might not automatically go to those incoming freshman uh, studs to be, and Calcaterra could have a good season this year alongside CeeDee Lamb. Those would be my three guys outside of, obviously, like you already said, Jared Pinckney for Vanderbilt was incredible, and I think he's he's going to be the name that rises to the top of tight end boards that no one is paying attention to uh, paying attention to right now. He had almost 800 receiving yards as a tight end last year, and I think he's going to re- repeat and do the same, if not more. Right. I got to give a quick shout-out to Jeremy Ruckert, too. He's a uh, – isn't he like Sal's nephew or something like that? <laughs> yeah, I heard Sal Lito, like tight – he's been hyping up this kid for a while, and he was – Highly recruited 6'6", 240 on Ohio State. Ohio State's not typically had the best best tight ends in history, but he's a, he's a pretty interesting prospect. And I just got to give him a shout-out. Sal, Sal's been talking about him for a while. So. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> Ohio State's scheme is just weird anyway. The way that they deploy the tight ends, uh, they're almost like a just a, a, a dummy, like just kind of like to create space uh, even when they do run routes. So, Anytime somebody's hyping up an Ohio State tight end, it's like, that's great, but he's going to block a lot and be a decoy for three seasons and then get drafted anyway. But <laughs> it's, and so, but it's just, it's, it's hard to predict, predict where yeah, they're I mean, going to be. Maybe Ryan Day will figure it out. It's Yeah. And then the coaching change, you, you never know. It, there's such a hard team to figure out. Like, how do you, you know, lose <laughs> one week and then go score 65 against Michigan? Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, no idea. It's so hard to figure out, man. Oh yeah. All right, so that's just some of the Debbie prospects that we were looking at. Um, sorry we didn't have Andrew tonight. Andrew apparently he um had some family obligations and stuff, so he'll be on the next Debbie Owners Manual. But I'll give him a quick shout out. You can find him on Twitter at dhh mandrew. He writes for the Score Crow dhh, and we also co-host the Debbie Happy Hour, which will be out next week. We'll be covering more on the draft. But Travis, tell tell everybody where they can find you and all the if you got time of all the things you do. Yeah, so you can FF underscore Travis M. Uh, I just started doing a lot of things with Man Center. That is with uh, Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell. Uh, I am the host of the new Dynasty Command Center podcast. Definitely check that out. Got our rookie guides out, uh, got our rookie guides out already uh, with them. Uh, I actually have uh, some new announcements to make here soon, but uh, won't be able to do that on this podcast. But uh, excited to uh, to be contributing in a, in a few different exciting places, and just really thankful for the opportunities that uh, have have been presenting themselves uh, to me here lately. But uh, thank you again for having me on. 
Dwight, always good just chatting with you and, and just nerding out with this Debbie stuff. Thank you so much, man. And once you, you can find me on Twitter, FF People's Champ. You can find this podcast at Debbie Owners Manual or email us at Debbie Owners Manual at gmail.com. And we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Don't forget about the Mountain West, the Mac that can flex. Somebody's next, Ivy League fresh, literally dope. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of players to test. I'm serious. They will talk about the most obscure players on this planet. Potentially another planet. Like, dude's got a 4-3-40 from Mars. Like, I don't know. I, it's too much. I'm done. I'm gone this time.